Hello, everyone. I am Matt Burton. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. I want to tell you guys about Anytime Fitness Gyms. Our partnership with 23rd Street Anytime Fitness just started, and we couldn't be more excited. If you're in central Oklahoma City and thinking about getting a head start on New Year's resolution or wanting to work off the beer and food from Saturday, head to Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker next to the Drake Restaurant in Uptown OKC. You get 24-7 access, private parking located behind the building, everything you'd need for your fitness goals. What more could you ask for? Don't worry if you don't live near this particular Anytime Fitness with over 10 locations in Oklahoma City as well as multiple locations in Tulsa and Dallas. You'd be set. Just come into the 23rd Street location to sign up and you're free to use any of Anytime Fitness facilities 24-7. Tell them you heard about the deal from Through the Keyhole. Be sure to like and share Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them there for updates on deals and other cool activities. The gym is looking forward to over 40,000 upgrades in equipment and amenities over the next year, so beat the rush and join the best gym in town. Join now for the $1 enrollment program going on now through the end of October. Again, that's 23rd Street Anytime Fitness on Walker and 23rd by the Drake. Tell them through the keyhole sent you. Just wanted to remind everyone to please go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We are available on all other podcast formats, but just on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review or just leave us a review wherever you can. Also wanted to give a shout out to our new patrons. We have Jared Gray, Timothy Bailey, Justin Stevens, and Bryak Powells. Breek Powells. I'm just going to call you BP. I'm sorry for messing up your name. Anyways, that's enough for me. Here's Brady and Keegan on Through the Keyhole. Still running. It's a quarter. CD. People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma invented it. Welcome, everybody, to Through the Keyhole. After Oklahoma beat Texas on Saturday, and I don't know about y'all, but oh boy, I, I'm still drunk off that. That was beautiful. That was so good. Brady Trantham here. Oh yeah, did you have something to say, Keegan or no? I was going to say I'm still I'm just still confused. We all confused. Matt Burton, you're here. Are you confused? Uh, no, I'm not confused at all. I never a doubt that OU is going to win that game, even when uh, even when Xavier Worthy took it. To the house in the first place. But hey, I will say though, it is great to have you in person again and not over the telephone. I was getting really tired of listening to you on the telephone. Have you seen yeah. have you been in the room when you're oh, yeah. oh yeah. We Western, did that with Peyton Guthrie. Yeah. Yeah, Western Carolina post game, which you can you can hear all of our post game shows. Thank you, Keegan, on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. We put out our post game reaction podcast exclusively for our patrons on the page uh yeah western carolina we had peyton guthrie call in and yeah matt has to sit there <laughs> leaning over the desk and holding the phone for an hour and a half yeah, only only one headphone jack on on that room that we use up there yeah and, you, uh, you'd think a, a pr- production studio and a radio station would yeah. have some have a little bit more varieta no it's fine i will i, I take the uh i'll take the hits for the team well we need to bring one of these splitters maybe that could work that could work why not why i'll steal we? that from you not really. Uh, okay. Well, you don't want to do that. Yes, we're here. We're back. Uh, this is the first time Keegan has been in my kitchen in a week and a half because mm. you were busy last Tuesday. And we've got quite a bit to get to. <laughs> a little? 
Yeah, just quite a bit. OU beats Texas. I don't really even remember what the final score was. It was like 55 to 48. Was that it? Oh, my God, man. Um, <laughs> I have watched the game twice. I've watched, like, start to finish. I, it was beautiful, man. Like, that has to be... That, to me, it wasn't as surprising as the Sugar Bowl in 2013. I think that was probably the most surprising plot twist of an OU game that I've been alive for. I think we can all probably agree to that. But that OU-Texas game is probably the most fun I've had, albeit for about a quarter and a half only, um, ever watching an OU game. I was 9-10 and 10 for 2000, so I was like, yay, but you know, I, I didn't have really that much skin in the game. And, I mean, guys, it was really... You guys know how I am. I get angry, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> and and in that in that good. in that same token, I get very happy when when things go our way and we play like we're supposed to. I'm not ashamed to say this, but when Kennedy Brooks like took off for that final touchdown, I was actually at a beer garden on the fairgrounds because my cousins who were with me, they're Texas fans, and we had already decided like Five-minute mark, winner, like, whoever, you know, regardless of whoever's winning or losing, let's get out of there because staying at the Cotton Bowl until all, you know, till the game's over, you're stuck there for an hour. Right. It's, it's impossible to get out there quickly. So five-minute mark, which was basically right after they went for it on fourth down, Texas, and they uh, tried to force it to Bijan in the slot, and they didn't convert. So then we left. And then, of course, we missed Lincoln Riley, just classic Lincoln Riley clock management. Uh, how much time did they blow? 20 seconds off the clock after they got the ball back when they did, failed to convert the fourth in the fourth quarter? I didn't realize he lost time. I didn't realize he screwed up again. Well, no, like, so OU gets the ball back. Right. There's about three minutes left. Are you talking about the, on the final, final drive? The second to final drive. Oh. Before Texas, before Texas tied it. So it was the time where Caleb like fumbled the snap right. again. And right, right. Drop. I don't. Rem- I don't remember. I. I really, really don't. I don't. Well, well, the clock management sucked because Texas got the ball back. They scored, but thankfully there was a minute and twenty seconds left. Anyway, the whole point of the story is I'm not in the stadium at this point. I'm at a beer garden. I'm surrounded by OU fans and my cousins. Bless their hearts. Loving to death, but huh, their team sucks. And we're watching the game unfold on a big TV screen. And Kennedy Brooks gets the snap, and he kind of stutters behind the line of scrimmage, and. A little bit too long for my liking, because I time and time and place, time and place, please God. And then he takes off, and as soon as he beat the linebackers, and you could just tell the C part, I, C opened up for him. I like, I didn't fall to my knees, but I squatted down and just put my head down and just started like, I can't believe this. And then people started throwing beer up into the sky, and that was just raining beer all over everybody. And it was, oh, I've never felt like that. Watching an well, OU game. I mean, I will say this. My brother texted me and said it was an out-of-body experience. Yeah, it was... I could have very easily cried if I wasn't proud, too proud. It, I mean, I think everybody, if you're on Oklahoma's side, should be. I, I mean, there was I, a lot of tears at the, at the Oh, Cotton sure, Bowl. sure. But, I mean, I think the one of the biggest things of this team was, like, questioning their kind of mental want fortitude and want to. Yes. And it you know not just one player like in particular but just the team in general and they the way they bounce back on Saturday which i i think one we talked about this on Saturday in the post game show Brady 
like kind of squash that narrative of I don't know if I can make a Texas Tech North joke again. Like I, I really don't. Like Benny Wiley, like Lincoln, like all those guys earn earn their paychecks now. <laughs> it was fourteen nothing. It was yeah. It was then it was twenty one seven. We could spend an hour just unpacking this entire game. I know we did it on Saturday, but and I, I went back and re listened to that, and we. We did as good of a job as we could have literally hours after the game had no just ended. Because you hit the big points and you hit the emotional points. But yeah, we didn't go into the finer details of like the play calling when OU had settled for field goals and everybody in the stadium was going, oh, God damn it. Go for it, Lincoln. Mm. It's the Orange Bowl all over again. <laughs> Which that was complete and utter damage control. The Orange Bowl is like, we got to get points on the board. They, yeah, they got themselves back in that game, though. I mean, if they could have gotten a stop on that drive. No, like, I, I think I said it on the postgame pod. If OU had just randomly scored a touchdown in the first quarter and they were down 28-7 instead of 28 nothing, mm-hmm. I think with Kyle Murray, you might have had a little bit of a chance the way they played. But uh, Alabama's offense also moved through uh, Oklahoma's defense. Literally. That, <laughs> like a hot butter through knife. Literally just moved through. Or a through hot knife through butter. Did I say that? Oh, I said that fucking backwards, didn't I? I think it. I think it plays the a same hot, both ways. A though. Hot butter through. <laughs> I think a regular knife would go straight through hot butter. Though. That's how so Alabama I think it plays. That's how Alabama beat our ass that day, unfortunately. But we're not here to talk about that. I mean, Keegan, let's um, let's get to. I mean, we can start with some more OU Texas reaction with the film review perspective that you have now, and that's of course uh, also available on our yeah, Patreon and page. the de- the defensive. I mean, I don't know how else we can start than what's happened over the last twenty four hours. Like, yeah, I was going to say the uh, Spencer Rattler rumors that became more than rumors, and then it became a talking point at the press conference with Lincoln Riley, and he addressed it, which, you know, it's, it's it was somewhat similar to OU in Texas announcing or, like, putting out that press release, oh, we don't respond to rumors. Yeah, we know. You never do. Mm-hmm. But you just responded to this one, and then it became the SEC. <laughs> Yeah, it, again, it, it was one of those, like, it, I, like I almost want to just go back and just go through. I know it's this isn't like, a, you know, Spencer Rattler didn't die by any means. Oh, some people act like he did. But whenever you, you go back and you just kind of go look at the entire, from when he committed to what has happened over the last, you know, 48 hours, like, I don't, I don't think some of the reaction from him should surprise anybody. But at the same time as well, Brady, like, there is like part of me that I kind of get it, and it's you know what I'm saying. Like, of course, I get it too. I, yeah, I kind of like I kind of understand it, but then what sounds like as if cooler heads came and prevailed, like you said. So let, let's just walk through it. So yesterday, before it hit Soonerscoop.com, before the rumors hit, I basically texted y'all right when the first message went up and was like, "Hey, like this has legs. Like this definitely has legs." And then, you know, come to find out that he was in meetings all day yesterday, like status quo. He did miss practice. Lincoln Riley said he gave him the, the day off. I Again, I, I think you can let your <laughs> let your mind race to, to whatever I'm that a, is. I'm allowed to laugh at anything, okay? So if you're out there going, like, why are you laughing at that, Brady? I, I can laugh at that dumb bullshit answer if I want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, it makes sense to me. Like, just if he wasn't, if he was not calm after you know, presuming what we think oh, yeah. Caleb was named. Like, from a coach's perspective, I don't think it's, it was a bad idea. Like, having him around the team and around practice during during that, like, it's probably not good. Bringing the vibe down, man. Yeah, no doubt. And so this morning, we wake up, Brady. 
as I texted y'all immediately, I'm just in the middle of my film review for the defense. You were just in the bathtub with your little squeaky squeaky duck. No doubt. And my phone, I have never, I said this to you, I have sometimes like random people will message me like some nugget or rumor that's floating around. Hey, can you check this? Or hey, is this true or whatever? My phone within five minutes lit up from people I've never heard from before. And it was like, oh my God, like I've, his locker's cleaned out. He, you know, went to the some of the equipment staff, by the way. You're not supposed to answer those text messages, Keegan, from strangers <laughs> or from scam artists. <laughs> and uh, If you're trying to scam Keegan, just text him. Send me that you have all 22, yeah. and we could, we could work something <laughs> Click out. Click this link for all 22 access, <laughs> and then Keegan's bank account is dry. <laughs> <laughs> so he, the locker never got cleaned out. I don't know what happened this morning, Brady. What we do know is that there was a time period last night where Spencer was done, and then there was a time period where he was not done, and then there was this morning happened, and I don't know if that was a carryover thing from like, we had kind of had heard about it and we didn't know like completely, but all come to comes to head cooler heads prevail. And I think, uh, an advisor agent got involved and said, why, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, fortunately for us here through the keyhole, our good friend, Matt Burton, our producer, he's just sitting right there. I already introduced him. I don't know why I had to say his name again, but, uh, you got us some audio. Uh, we, we, we infiltrated, the uh, walls, as Lincoln Wright likes to describe it, like behind these walls, inside these walls, however he wants to say it, through the walls, through the keel. Um, we got some audio of Spencer Rattler uh, leaving practice yesterday. Uh, Matt, can you go ahead and play that for us? I wasn't fired from my job. I was laid off. Well, you wouldn't know the difference. I didn't want salmon. I said it four times. <laughs> now, all jokes aside. <laughs> and don't worry about how we got that audio yeah don't ask uh, questions I, I, don't ask questions i'm not giving up my sources or how i got oh, we're not the, into the we'll building get, we'll get into that we'll get or anything we got, okay. we, we got some stuff to get into we've got that. sauces we've got spices just don't you know, worry got, don't worry how we got that audio just be thankful that we got it for you yeah there you go that's what we do here um all jokes aside if anyone's ever played sports i mean past childhood you know so like teenage years middle school like once sports starts it starts to become a little bit more specialized it becomes less like a fun way for kids to play and it becomes like kind of a a thing you do Mm -hmm. all of a sudden if you've fallen in that category and i would assume everybody listening to this podcast falls under that category you have either been to a point where you wanted to quit you have been on a team with somebody who was sent home because of their attitude or because they blew up on a coach. You have been on a team with players, teammates who have quit mm. and then they've come back. Point being is this happens probably all the time. Now, does it happen to a former QB one Heisman, hi- highly front- touted, you know, NFL draft pick number one overall potential, like all that. Potential. Does it happen with that? No. Now Jalen hurts was not a, future NFL star, but he was one of the more highly touted quarterbacks in college football because by virtue of being the quarterback at Alabama, he got benched in the national title game. Mm. Much bigger stage, even more so than the Cotton Bowl with OU Texas. Much, much more of a spotlight, and Jalen was benched. Now, a lot has been written about Jalen's perseverance 
and there is a lot to be said for that. A lot of that is true because at the end of the day, he did stay at Alabama. He stayed there the offseason, stayed there the following season, and then came to Alabama's aid when they needed him in the SEC title game and got them to the playoff. And then he transferred, and of course, we all know now he is a legitimate NFL quarterback, starter. But I wouldn't be shocked if there was ever a book or some some proof to show that Jalen Hurts threw the biggest fucking bitch fit you've ever seen. Oh, uh, yeah. At some point in that time span before he transferred to OU. The reason, the reason I bring that up is these are humans. Quarterback's the different position. It's not a unit. It's one starter. That's it. And when you get yanked because you've not played well, it's hard for you to separate the fact that while you are a singular starter in a position that it's not really a unit, it's hard for you to separate the team sport aspect from it because that's where Spencer Rattler's head probably was the day of the cotton or the day um, at the Cotton Bowl. These guys are fucking up around me, making me look bad. I'm not saying that that's what he's saying. I'm not saying I mean, that that's what his body language. That's said. what his body language showed, and. One play in particular and, on the yeah. Stogner play. And I'm just mainly saying that, not not me trying to assume his character, but me trying to put myself in his shoes with how I act. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I would probably feel the same way, unfortunately. Like, when I played sports, I, w- I hated fucking losing, and I was a pissant if I got benched. I was not, like, a team player guy and, like, patted the guy who benched me on the helmet. I was like, fuck this. Right. You know, but I was also a kid. If mm-hmm. I was a future NFL star, hopefully I'd be a little bit more mature. But what I'm trying to get get to is Spencer probably very defensive. And when you're defensive, you look for reasons and justifications and excuses. That's that's a natural thing that we all do. That is not unique to Spencer Rattler. So he probably watched that game and just thought, everybody fucked up around me, and now Caleb's just getting lucky because they're catching 50-50 balls, they're... You know, Caleb's just faster than me. Oh, great. He's just faster than me. But I'm a better quarterback than he is. You know, this is these are probably the thoughts swimming through his head. And so, again, like if you've played sports, you've been around somebody that's like that. Or, you know, even somebody who's a little bit more level-headed, you can still get mad and quit. It happens all the time. Kelly Gregg has told me so many stories, albeit from the 90s. Players would quit midweek all the time, and then they would show up on Saturday and play. I would not be shocked if this happens very, very frequently, but again, just not to Spencer Rattler, QB1 at OU, formally. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we're not going to act like that the rest of the week, are we? That this is a, this isn't done? Oh, with Spencer? Yeah. Oh, no, it's it's not done. No, but, I'm but, saying, but I'm saying. he's stuck, unless he wants to quit and then further damage his reputation and well, future. Yeah, I, I don't even care about his character being, rep. I mean. At this point, you'd be throwing millions of dollars away, and you'd have well, to. I think you'd have a lot more to prove. Unless if you left now, unless the law is because I know the law for NIL is not performance based. Like Keynes has to keep paying him money, no matter. Yeah. Now, if he quit the team and left OU, does he still receive the paycheck? I'm assuming there's probably some like playtime stuff in there, but no, well, I, I think it's just probably. It might just be like as long as you are at OU, no matter if you're the starter. Or you get hurt. I mean, these uh, contracts are based off his social media following more, yeah. more so than anything. So he'd probably be able to keep with it. Maybe start doing TikTok dances and make some more engagement are, in dollars. Is there <laughs> that a way, are, are there Kane's restaurant? Are there Kane's franchise restaurants in Arizona? Oh, I'm sure. We need to figure that out. 
happens quickly. But I mean, I was going to say that. I mean, I walked into my coach's office. I mean, this is, I'll make it quick. Like, I was the, me and a kid that was a D1 kid my freshman year before I tore my labrum. It was like him and I were going neck and neck, you know, and I had a chance to go maybe, you know, split time with him. And it was all fine and dandy. I was the only left handed hitting catcher. Everything was great. And then I get hurt. And then the next day, the next day I was supposed to make my first start, Brady. And the kid who came in for me goes four for four. And the next time he plays goes three for three. And then the next time he plays goes four for four. And I'm sitting there on the sideline now because I got hurt and was like, well, this sucks. Like, I'm not getting my job back. And I walked into the coach's office and was like, you know, like, can I start pursuing a transfer? Were you, were you like, look, Stogner ran the wrong route. God no, damn it. No, <laughs> no I, de- I definitely, you know, definitely would say that I was like, we really want you want to watch him catch. That I mean, that was across my head. Like they're only yeah. throwing him fastballs. They're throwing me curveballs. Yeah, I face so you know, funny story on that. So I actually, I saw one right-handed pitcher. And I don't know again. I don't know if you know a little bit more about baseball, but I, I'm a left-handed hitting hitter, and left on left is like way worse than right on right. And of the eleven at bats I got at my whole college career, ten of them came against lefties. I went like one. I think I went two for 12. Well, uh, clearly, your dad should have went Todd Marinovich's dad on you and tied your left arm to your body so you'd be forced to grow up using your right hand. So that would have never happened. Yeah, except I was so swing it pretty good from the left side. So text your dad. Say, this is your fault. Oh, his over... His, the, we can get into the whole overuse whenever I was younger thing. Uh, anyways, I was... Uh, no, what I was going to say is like that doesn't... I mean, my best friend in junior college quit two weeks before the conference tournament. I mean, that, like, that's, none of that, none of this surprises me. Yeah, from college this is kids. not unique. No, it's, it, it's not. OU players are not all best friends with each other. Like, these things happen. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot being written about, and I was there, and I certainly saw it, and we could all tell. Like, the team responded better to Caleb Williams than they have all season long to Spencer. So what happened between when he was voted a captain and now weeks one and five? Did I mention this when that happened? I I think Lincoln said something, like, in the opening press conference because Spencer wasn't... No, he I guess he was announced a captain, like, when they revealed it. It was Isaiah Thomas because he was suspended. That got like added. Yeah, I would have imagined in. Caleb Kelly. It would have been Thomas instead. Yeah, originally. I I just I might have mentioned it on a podcast. If I didn't, I promise I felt this way. But with how Lincoln talks about his leadership, you know, Spencer's, I really wondered if Lincoln forced that issue. Like we need it. Like we need. He cannot do this on his own. He needs to. He needs to know that you guys back him. He, yeah, he needs I mean, to be pushed into being like understanding that you guys respect him, which would be a very poor decision uh, to make if you are Lincoln. I, again, like I'm just guessing here because when you say things like he wasn't really a leader last year, but we didn't need him to be. He's the fucking quarterback. What do you mean he wasn't a leader last year? If if that's the case, then where does the blame go for those two losses? I mean, that's a you know, that's a complete rabbit hole you can go down but saying that out loud to the media just made me think i mean then why is he a leader now like did he just suddenly wake up and understand did he read some leadership books or something no because he still acts the same and the he still acts the same around his teammates his teammates still act the same around him it's very business-like it's we scored pat pat austin stogner on the head 
fist bump Jeremiah Hall, and then walk back to the sideline and hang out with a bunch of walk-ons. I mean, they usually just hand pieces of note paper out, and everybody writes it down, gets in a hat, and there you that's, go. How, that's how it's usually done. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't think there was probably any mil, like ill intent. I just wouldn't surprise me that you know Spencer choosing to go out a lot, and Spencer, you know, maybe the team didn't feel like he was doing everything needed to do within the week to be fully prepared for a game like that could have something to it i'm was there something that was done i mean again i don't it's not our information i don't want to allude to it but sounds like something maybe happened after the nebraska game like there's there's stuff there between weeks one and five where he kind of lost his teammates like in terms of respecting him as like a guy that you you know when you look in the locker room and you're looking around for someone to say something like you it should be seven Last year it made sense because of how young he was, but this is a little bit different. I mean, this is a a national championship team. This is a national championship. You've got all those things. Like, you want to be able to look at the quarterback and do that because last year he had Creed, and it was a lot easier. So what you hope for for last year, like with any young quarterback, is, yeah, we're not expecting you to be the guy like Baker Mayfield, but be one of the leaders. You don't have to have one singular guy. Yeah. It makes it easier, but be one of the guys. Same same with, along those lines. Like, Kyler was never seen as the guy until he yeah, went and He's a freak. Did, he went and did. That's different. Yeah, yeah, until he went and did something, and then it was like, oh, he is, that's that's him. Yeah, that's like trying to compare. I'm just going to go play video games later on, and you guys can go yeah. do your thing. I mean, if you're, if you're going to... I mean, I'm not saying you are, but I mean that's kind of like assuming every f- high-end four-star f- or five-star running back is going to be Adrian Peterson. If that's if that's the way you think, you're going to be very disappointed year in and year out. Yeah, and and the next, I mean, I can from just listening to Malachi Nelson, he's not going to have the leadership like endearing himself to his teammates like like Caleb has. I mean, that's that's a unique quality as a person. And like I said, I wrote about it last year, so it doesn't surprise me at all that he's the way to do it. I mean, he just you have that unique way of people gravitating towards you. I mean, Jalen struggled with this. I mean, the wide receivers, to put it quite bluntly, hated him yeah. <laughs> at times during that season. So it's it's it all kind of it's all weird, you know. I just think the like the last all twenty four hours is weird because, again, you know, you'll see it. I know you said you're five minutes through our patrons that I did. It's it is fifty two minutes long, um, but uh, I went through every. I would enjoy every minute of it. I though. went through every single snap of the offense and. I went through it as Brady knows, especially on games that I'm confused. I went through it about three times before I was comfortable like putting a product out there to make sure we had everything and I was aware of every play and what was happening in it. And it's just, I mean, it's apparent. I mean, we'll get into the rest of the team and like this and that, but you know what? Caleb missed a ton of stuff and Lincoln alluded to that today. I mean, he's not lying to you guys whenever there was a lot of things missed, but at the end of the way, at the end of the day, the way he carries himself and the way Caleb and the team, that's what I said on Saturday or said immediately after the game on Saturday, Brady. It's like the team made the choice. Like I could sit here and we could talk about Spencer Rattler's skill set. We could talk about this. We can talk about that. But none of that shit matters at this point. It doesn't. I mean, the team, the team made the choice on Saturday yeah. who the quarterback was. And you can't fight that. Uh, Prairie Report guy on here though, on Twitter that's continuing this conversation. Like, I mean, Lincoln Riley's kind of fighting it. Kind of, but I think that he's also trying to... I know what he's doing. Yeah. But look, here, I'll, I'll ask you this question. Unless I'm missing or forgetting a random press conference last year from between a game, Lincoln Riley has been more critical of Caleb Williams than he has ever been about Spencer Rattler. 
He was this way in 19. I, I, did I tell you that story after the South Dakota game? I, well, I'm not talking about Jalen. I'm talking about Spencer no, Rattler. No, but I'm saying he was that way about Spencer in 19 with Jalen. Like, when Spencer came in against South Dakota and looked like the better quarterback in that game, and I know I'll buy it, it was South Dakota, and I, I specifically asked him about it. It's like, did you, you know, did you feel the crowd whenever Spencer came in the game? Like, it was was a lot different and he immediately was like yeah you know I think both quarterbacks backup quarterbacks played well tonight like like Spencer's young he's made mistakes like well I mean this is just as normal like yeah it's not it's 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 this is that weird Lincoln well in the situation is, you know admittedly it's much different sure. but I mean I don't know like the whole glossing over Caleb's I mean, that is sooner legend he's already a, a legend you know if Trevor Knight's going to be remembered forever which is kind of you know, we'll get to this a little bit later in the show about what Caleb needs to work on and what we're. How do you project I honestly this team don't even, forward? Yeah, I, I like. I don't even know what he yeah. needs to work on at this point. I, I am, I'm cognizant. I'm not concerned, but I'm cognizant of the fact that at one point I thought Trevor Knight was our next Joe Montana, and sure. he had one great game, and that was it. But regardless, Trevor Knight is remembered. He will be remembered forever. And, rever- and revered. I mean, he was at the OU Texas game on Saturday. Yeah, and especially like as we get further and further away from his career, people are going to remember. I mean, oh, God, was it, is it? No, it's Scott something, Scott Neal. I can't remember. The guy who, you've seen this clip from the 70s, the guy who like decks Tony Dorsett and knocks him out of the game. Yeah. Fine player in his own right, but he's not, you know, he's, he's not a Selman. He's not a Bosworth. But people will remember that play. Right. So, like, people are going to remember Trevor Knight. So, regardless of what Caleb Williams does, unless he kills somebody or becomes a piece of, piece of crap, which I don't think he is, um, he's going to be remembered forever. And glossing over that to overemphasize and rub the feelings of Spencer Rattler, I get what Lincoln Riley is doing, but, like, dude, like, stop. Just, just do what Russell did, like, when Kevin left. Give it its time. It's had its time. Spencer Rattler's questions. It's had its time. Now, like, once the game is done on Saturday, and if OU does what they're supposed to do and beats TCU and Caleb Williams plays right. start to finish, then say, guys, I'm not going to answer questions about Spencer Rattler. He's the backup quarterback. It is what it is. We're moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he's just not going to do that. I mean, I know it's such a cop-out answer for me, but... I know you won't. Yeah, it just that just won't happen. I mean, I'm sure he wanted to sit up there today and just be like, yeah, like, Spencer won the trans like he wanted to be done and I was you know I mad at him for that thought process and wanting to do that but we really need him here and like I think that like I don't know what the right answer would have been to that right uh, he basically he basically said that without saying Spencer did this but he he went into this whole diatribe of like how he views like these situations with the transfer portal being a thing right because he went through all the bullet points of like why it's still very smart not just for you and not just for the team, but mainly smart for you to stick it out. I mean... And it just sounded like something that he had said if before. If Spencer was right there, I would just be like, what the f- are you How thinking? did you get in my apartment? Well, one, yeah. yeah. And I would be like, well, what are you thinking? Because, again, you're just not... You're not thinking... You're so narrow-minded on these people did me wrong, like no one here likes me. That could be true. Um... No one here, like no one here, likes me. They booed me. They've chanted. I'm now not their quarterback, and like do all that, but none of that matters because what should matter to him? When again, when again, I, I endear yourself to Oklahoma. We talked about this. That was his biggest mistake over the last 
to do he didn't do a single thing to knock the narrative that was around him before he got on campus. Yeah. And that that is that his his biggest downfall and he, it, he it's lacks, self self awareness. Yeah, he lacks self awareness both in the sometimes in the pocket. He has fairly average pocket awareness. And he lacks self-awareness. What's so frustrating is the three weeks before this game, it was getting so good. Yeah, like he would flash a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. He is a talented quarterback. Yeah. He is so oh, no. good. I know. I think you know where I'm coming from. It's just like, man, it was like all there for you. Like mm-hmm. you were doing everything you needed to do for three weeks, and then you show up in your biggest moment of your career, mm-hmm. and you just go right back. Yeah, like he, is a, he is a talented quarterback that if – he went to the combine today. Scouts would forget all about the Cotton Bowl because they'd see him throwing basketball shorts against no pressure, and they'd see him put the zip on the ball and put it where it needs to be, and just go, "Yep, he's good." He needs but, to go to a Stephane, he needs to go to a Browns style offense before Mahomes before they even think about giving him the reins. But but it's so interesting how this one how this podcast has grown over the last few months. But it's interesting how it's kind of mirrored the season because essentially our back and forth about Spencer, because we both agree that he's good. Mm-hmm. He's not trash. He's good. Mm-hmm. Our biggest back and forth, though, has been I don't think he's a very good football player. And what I mean by that is when plays break down, he doesn't, he can't go off script very well. It's very inconsistent. Sometimes he can. Like that, that throw to Mike Woods – I'm not sure that that's how, how the play was designed. <laughs> well, no, and I, I pointed out in the film review. I mean, I didn't know why he just didn't throw it to Woods originally. Of course, yeah. And I mean, Mar- I mean, Marvin Mims was wide the hell open at the sticks on the interception. You know, th- these things happen. I don't see him as a very good football player. I see him as a stereotypical seven-on-seven wizard. Yeah, and that's again like there's there's plenty of tape and clips even from this year. I mean, the Nebraska game where that DB comes in free and he voids it and finds Mike Woods for like a 10, 11 yard gain. I mean, there's, there's plenty of tape. It just, it happened in the cotton bowl. And when it's on this biggest stage and it means so, it means that game, like, don't get me wrong. Big 12 championships, win a playoff game, win a national championship. But that game means so much to so many people. And if you're not going to show up, and continued to take those steps. I mean, you saw me tweet it yesterday, right? Like, he took a step back and found out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, that's what's so frustrating is that he's going to go to a place, whether it's, I was talking to someone today, like, I, if I was his advisor, I would do anything in my power to get him to Ole Miss next year. Like, within the next, tomorrow. Like, start tampering it, start figuring it out because they have a better offensive line, and it's a more air raid-like system, which is not like this one. And that's probably a system that he th- would thrive in, to where he's not having to do a power read, and he's not having to do, like, there's some running elements. But, again, I like I just, it's hard, because, again, like, you see it, and you saw the progress, and then Brady, it just, all within one Saturday, just goes right yeah. back. And it's just, I guess my whole point is, you spend all this, fu- like, Spent all this time for a year breaking this kid down, knowing his tendencies, knowing it literally through film in and out of like kind of how he operates and this and that. And then he takes steps and just, just yeah, drops well, right back. But that's, that's, it's a team sport. So, yes, if you plug him behind a better offensive line where he's able to just be his statue self, yeah. I know he's good off like rolling out and all that stuff, but 
for the most part, he is a pocket pocket passing quarterback. If you plant him behind a better offensive line than what OU's been trotting out there the last few weeks, yeah, like he's going to be put in better situations to really show off his elite skill. But that's not the status of this OU team. So you're left, you know, if you're Lincoln Riley, well, then you probably have to you probably have to adapt your play calling just like he's had to adapt his play calling for Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, so on and so forth. And Spencer, for whatever reason, it was lack of athleticism, his lack of adapting, whatever it may be, I interpret it as being a football player, is just way too inconsistent with it where you see the progress and then it goes away. And not only does it go away, but it torpedoes. Mm-hmm. Oh, he took one massive step back. Film-related-wise. And, yeah, and so you're just left with, okay, this offensive line is inconsistent, at times average, at times very bad, at times kind of good. So what do you do? Well, you, you probably need somebody with legs. Easy answer. Which brings me to the next point, and we don't need to spend that much time on it, but I really wish people would stop taking this damn thing so personally. Caleb Williams doesn't care about you. Neither does Spencer Rattler. Mm-mm. And I, I know a few weeks ago I went on this whole thing about I don't like when people tell other people how to feel. This is not me doing that. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here because I don't view it as that. I just wish people would understand it's clear as day. If you if you just simply like Spencer Rattler, both things can exist. You and I both agree that he's a good quarterback. Caleb Williams is the better quarterback for this team because of it, some of its flaws, but also because... He showed in a quarter and a half. Oh, he can make plays on the play breaks down. It remains to be seen if that can continue. But as of right now, he made more plays in a quarter and a half than Spencer Rattler has done in four games. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not 100% on that one. Six yards per pl- a play, might, like all of a sudden morphs into 10. Yeah, but I, that's what I was. That's, I mean, a, you'll you'll see it again once you get through the film. I mean, a lot of it was like, like how much of that does goes to Kennedy Brooks though? Like how much how much of that goes? Well, how to, much of that goes to Caleb? Because you have to now respect the RPO. Whereas, well, yeah, but there was only two plays where that was like a big factor. Like where that played. I mean, they were doing a good job of like bubbling it to one side that would keep people on that side. I mean, there was like I said when I came in here, like there was only two plays or like two two to three where I was like. Damn, Spencer can't do that. <laughs> like, I think it's just a big mental thing, dude. I mean, like Texas looked like a completely different team defensively in the second half before OU ever started coming back. Yeah. Their aggression went out the window. Yeah. And, and it, maybe if Caleb doesn't come out for that long touchdown run on fourth and one, like if OU... Because here's the weird thing. I didn't know that that was fourth down. Grant, oh, yeah. Grant Benson already said this because he was also from the West of Everest podcast. And I felt the same way. The stadium did a very poor job of communicating with that. Oh, you, we didn't get a first down because the quarter ended. Mm-hmm. And so when Caleb Williams trots out there, I thought, I mean, God, it hasn't been. Spencer hasn't been that bad. <laughs> right. like, what? And then I look at the sticks like, oh, it's fourth down. Oh, shit. And then the play gets snapped and he takes off. If OU had simply got a first down and just continued to run the offense and either didn't score, kicked the field goal, scored a touchdown. Um, of course, things would have been different. But what I'm, the point I'm trying to get to is that play happened. It was so loud. It was so visible, the difference between Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler, that when, when Caleb came in, mentally, I would assume Texas' defense just kind of went, 
we got to be a little bit smarter. We can't be as aggressive and as decisive as we were with Spencer because we know that if we get a shot, we're fast enough and he's not, and we can we can hit him. And we can at least, no pun intended, rattle his ass because he was certainly rattled. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, that's my biggest thing. Again, I'm just looking at the plays. Like Kennedy had a 66-yard run, right? And then they still had three drives, four drives where it took over eight plays and they ended up getting a field goal on it. Yep. I mean, so there was the two Marvin Mims balls and the 66-yard run like when Caleb was in, you know, and like, again, it's just hard to weigh. It just, it really is. And like, I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm, I hope it's not coming off as like, I'm taking no, no, no. anything away from the kid. I, that's how I, I wish somebody would have asked Lincoln, because I'd be very curious how he, how he views this. But when you're watching tape after the fact and evaluating your quarterback, like, where is that balance of, okay, we were fortunate that we got some trash here. Right. We can't depend on X, Y, and Z. Like, Or do you just go, hey, he made a play? Because that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. I saw the play break down, and Caleb decided, Marvin Mims has one guy on him. I'm trusting my man. Yeah. And again, like, that's not a bad – That's I said this on Twitter. Like, that's not a bad idea to have like, I, at, at all. I would do that with Jaden Hazelwood, and he's, of course, not played up to the – standard that we thought that he would this season and one one that we were forgetting too hazelwood dropped a touchdown just flat out dropped it that's yeah, the second time yeah that's the that's the first one right the back shoulder this year that he's just flat out dropped oh and mario dropped the other dropped one. the first one and then he yeah. got it he got his back yeah but yeah I'm, again it's just a, it's such a unique because like you're t- like the play to hazelwood right in the corner where the ball overthrew him and like tyrese robinson said tyrese robinson stepped on his foot like he could have gotten more depth in the pocket like yeah so there's I mean, there's a lot, and again, it, it, I try to, I tried to do it the best as I could of like not trying to compare the two guys, right? When I was breaking down Caleb's tape, mm-hmm. but it just again it became Which is smart. Yeah, it just became like apparent, like the the rollout to Mike Woods on the side, right? The the first one, ESPN. I swear, I can't, <laughs> I can't look at a play by play chart or anything without a video popping. There up. you go to the Twitter account, the Keyhole Pod. There's your next drinking game. Um. When ESPN goes off on Keegan's laptop. <laughs> but again, like there was only like a couple times where I was like, oh shit, like I don't think, I don't think Spencer can do this or like I, but again, like my big thing is, is that regardless of the talent level of the two or what they showed, because if Lincoln, I mean, Lincoln told you guys today, or, and I think, again, I think he's been more honest this year. And I said this to you a couple weeks ago, like he's been more honest this year than I've seen him or like can remember in, <laughs> he's like, broken. and uh well we're gonna get into that he got broken into today but like my big thing brady is like when you do evaluate the tape like there was just so many more misses from when caleb was in but those are things that you can live with as you continue to grow with them right like like and, and the team that's my biggest thing is like take away talent take away ability take away anything that team made its choice on Saturday, and you have to stick by that because if you go back, that could cause a lot more ripple effects than anything else. And and again, like I was going to say this too, we all felt it and sensed it that it was like if Spencer would have stayed in the game, that Oklahoma wasn't going to come back. Like what? But there is that also like little piece in my head of like, man, the Texas game last year, man, the three games this year where he's bounced back in the second half and played really well. Like, those are also there, too. It just goes into the fact, and this is what I said, like, I mean, Lincoln's having to make a choice between two quarterbacks that probably 10 to 12 NFL franchises want would take right now. 
Like that's it's it's such a crazy I situation. Hope just takes him. Takes takes Spencer. Yeah, I hope that they've seen enough. No, I mean he's gonna have to go back to school. He's lost. Well, it. will he make that choice? Yeah, no, I think he will. I think he's got smart. I oh, well, I don't. Well, I didn't think he'd had smart people around him this morning, but I think he. Uh, I think he's got the right place. And like I said, like I need Pitt, to make another video for him. Sean, <laughs> Sean Clifford's gonna be gone at Penn State. Matt Carell's gonna be gone at Ole Miss. Yursich is up at Penn State. Lane at Ole Miss. I think it's a no-brainer. But, again, if he goes back home, like I've, I've said this over and over again, Brady, if he goes back home to Arizona State, it's not the first time he's made a poor choice. Just well, to be real about it. Like, and I, I don't – and I hope I hope you're hearing this. Like, I don't have any remorse for Spencer Rattler and the hate that he's getting, and I hope I, – I don't think I've ever expressed, like, discontent with anything. I, don't, I mean, I don't want – He brings it upon himself. I don't want anybody to get – I mean, when his handler – Tweeted out like from his Twitter account, like "Good, great team win, happy for the guys, six and zero." And I clicked on it, and the first four or five mentions, other than like our good friend Red Dirt Sport, like because he's the, you know, I don't know how Twitter does this with their algorithm, but like people that you follow with high follower counts are, are like at the top yeah, of those replies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his his response was like, "Great throw on the two point conversion," because I think Red Dirt Sport understood like this like the ratio as they say. Oh, it was um, bad. It was bad. And that has no place. No, it doesn't. It, it has no place in anything. Um, but again, I, I, he's I brought want, it on himself, man. Like I don't he, feel bad. Like he I, had, I mean, he, he's just not done himself any favors. I told you two weeks ago, mm-hmm. why would you, why are you putting a larger target on your back? Yeah. There's zero. Because again, it, he basically put himself in a situation heading into Saturday before we've, man, we've, this is, I mean, this is what's happening right now. I mean, he put himself in a situation, Brady, that if he didn't come out and have his Heisman moment that we talked about on Friday in the in our in the musings post, if he didn't come out and have that, it was never going to be seen like in the light that it probably should have been. Like whether he played good, like good enough, right? He had to reach a level on Saturday for people to be satisfied, and he put that level on his back. Like again, if he comes out three weeks ago and just goes. Yeah, I'm seeing X, X, and X. I need to perform better, right? Which is what he did after the West Virginia game. Yeah. If he would have done that after the Tulane game or after the Nebraska game, instead of fighting it, like, and, and even right after the West Virginia game, instead of fighting it, like, we're having a totally different conversation. And you guys can hear some frustration in my voice. It comes from the fact that I've watched this kid for a year now, right? And it's like, I'm seeing this shit. I've never been in that. I've never put my hand in the dirt like that. I've never been in the drop back in a pass before. And it's like, it can't, I hate to put it this way, it can't be that hard. Jalen Hart's figured it out. And I hate to, again, I'm not meaning that as a demeaning thing, but son of a bitch, Jalen Hart's kind of figured it out. Like, it can't, to be consistent from week to week after the Kansas State game. It, so, I that, mean, there's my final rant on yeah. Spencer. It's just, it's just frustrating. It's, I mean, it's frustrating, but, um, Spencer Rattler so far if his career is indeed done not not right now but if he does transfer or go to the NFL after this season he is 2 and 0 against Texas. <laughs> he joins the Nate Hibble club of 2 and 0 quarterbacks. Nate Hibble also 20 years ago was benched due to injury and then some guy named Jason White came off the bench. So I guess in 20 years from now uh Baker Mayfield's Son? No, 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 no. Who, who would be like? How about Paul Thompson's son comes off the bench and beats Texas? I wouldn't be shocked if um, 
this would be way too poetic and hell Alabama just did it and I mentioned it at the top of the show. Wouldn't be shocked if uh, Spencer has to come back out to a game because Caleb looks like an 18-year-old. That wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me. And you know what? If if that's the case, you know what OU fans will be happy for that it's Spencer Rattler and not Ryan Rucker. <laughs> yeah. With all due respect. Ralph, right? Ralph. 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 See, like I, I've called him Matt Rucker. I've called him Ryan. Yeah. Ralph. We'd be really freaking out if a Ryan Rucker went out there. Yeah. I, I just don't want to see any Caleb struggles on three drives next week because he's never seen what TCU's done at a college level. Because it will be. Some of the stuff they do is a little bit confusing in terms of reading safeties. I just don't want to see Lincoln, again, just pick your guy and go. I said this about the Texas thing, right? That we talked about this on Saturday. Just pick your guy. Like, I, I don't want to... I don't. This there's. It's not fair to anybody, to you, to the fans, to us that do podcast, to Lincoln, to Spencer or Caleb, if this continues, because this has been the. I jokingly tweeted this out today. This has been some of the most toxic twenty four hours, seventy forty eight hours on this app from OU fans that I in my mentions that I can. This is the happiest, healthiest, toxic six and O OU team <laughs> in, in its history. That had their practice broken into today, Duh. allegedly, kinda. Oh boy, what happened? Have you not seen any of the OU Daily stuff today? N- no. Oh, you haven't. You haven't seen the report they put out. I mean, I I know they put the report out that Spencer wasn't at practice. No, 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 no. Oh, we're getting this live reaction on air. Okay, give me just a second. Which we got the we we played the audio already. Oh, no doubt. This is your headline, Brady. Caleb Williams takes majority of snaps with first team. Spencer Rattler still committed to Sooners, father says. Let's just get through this. As Oklahoma's battle continues to develop, freshman Caleb Williams was seen scrimmaging with Sooners first team offense by the Daily at practice Tuesday. While redshirt sophomore Spencer Rattler was working with the second team. The Daily watched the offensive practice regimen from a public building near the OU football practice field with no athletics employees discouraging (laughs) (laughs) observation. Wait. Wait, the Daily does not observe practice regularly, but did so Tuesday under heightened interest given the situation. Williams outsnapped Rattler 15-7 in the pre-stretching portion of practice. He was later seen primarily scrimmaging with starting receivers Jaden Hazelwood, Marvin Mims, and Mike Woods, while Rattler threw to backups Trevin West, Brian Darby, and Jaleel Farouk, among others. Gary Patterson just said thank you. Not that it should have been that much of a shock. I wanted to, before I mention anything, this I would, want to say this is outside of... That's an interesting admittance. Oh, yeah. Outside of, I think, Georgia's... Jesse Pound's group was good with Spencer Davis when they were in school. That was when I think you were closer to the, their age. Yeah. And then Georgia's years were really good. This is the best group of students. I have collective four, I think a group of three or four of them. Like, this is the best that I've seen from an OU Daily Beat. But, I mean, Brady, we broke into Fort Knox. We didn't just break in and kind of sniff around. We kind of just broke in and left. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, <laughs> when, I was, when I was a student, I, I watched, like, five minutes of a practice once. Because, like, Did, yeah, I just... I was feel wa- Bob's eyes just on, just like... How dare you? Well, I just, I was walking around and, God, where was I? I was walking around and I just happened like, oh, I've got a view of the, I was, I was upstairs on the, um, in one of the, God, what am I trying to say? The parking garage. I was, <laughs> I was like jogging up the park. I used to jog up the parking garage for cardio and 
I just like, hey, I've got a view of the practice field and they're practicing. <laughs> so it can happen. And then I got bored and then I walked away. I didn't see any event staff people like they, they weren't trying to hush me or hurry me away. But I mean, it's it's just going to happen. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to happen. But man, like that was a that was a word salad of just we did this. We're sorry. We did it. It happened. It's a big story. Sorry is basically how it was. How that reads to me. Williams outsnapped Rattler fifteen to seven. <laughs> is Lincoln going to pull the OU Daily's credentials? I think that's on the table. Uh, that um, young female student was at the press conference today, and she asked a very like we talked about this. She asked a very important question that everybody wants is curious, to yeah yeah is curious about, and then. I'm not an expert. I might have, I might have not asked. I've asked it better. some dumb questions. I've before. asked dumb questions a lot, but she asked it in a way that Lincoln then kind of flipped it around on her, and then Lincoln, I guess, realized he was talking to a 19 or a 20 year old and gave an answer anyway after the fact. You know, so uh, we learn these things. But I mean, as of right now, they're there. But no, that's um, that's weird. Yeah, and again, like. I don't think it's a huge deal. Spencer Rattler was seen throwing a hissy fit, <laughs> as the da- as the daily describes a hissy fit. Do you think Lincoln turned to the the maybe Kel Gundy or somebody was just like we've been compromised? <laughs> he did today. <laughs> that's for damn sure. Yeah, Kale he called Kel Gundy's like he he just doesn't even say anything. He just gets up and leaves the <laughs> yeah, room. <laughs> right. He called he called the equipment staff in. He called everybody's like. Any of you mother effers are leaking stuff out. You guys are done. Because the thing this morning leaked out from some, uh, I hope I'm not ratting anybody out, but I'm pretty sure that was an equipment staff thing. So, which. <laughs> yeah, because he said F this, right? Allegedly, yeah. In, yeah. And he said, I'm out this biatch. <laughs> I'm out this biatch. I think I'm that that was the phrase that <laughs> yeah. was used to me. He had but. sunglasses on and his big gold medallion. Oh man! It's, I mean, these the, again. Like we just went through it already. Like, yeah, I'm not. I don't want people to be rude to Spencer Rattler. It's like, no, I mean, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. He just wasn't as good. He just wasn't as good as we thought. Which is fine. He's still very good. Yeah, and it's also within. And just to wrap this up, like it's. I've said this to you before, and we talked about this, you know, over text a little bit. You know, talking about like the window he has to perform and this and that. I mean, that's the the best thing for Spencer is that he's young. I mean, he's he goes to Ohio State. Let's you know, let's go last year to Ohio State. Now Justin Fields is. We're starting to already see some of those struggles that I've talked with you about, like be not being decisive, thrown to the middle of the field, like that catches up to you at that level. You know, he's still he's still got some time here, and like I you know I sent a tweet out you know three weeks ago, right? Like I'd purchase all your Rattlers talk down here. Like I'm not selling that. Like I, I obviously it's going to be down to zero here pretty quickly after Saturday. But yeah, I I just don't. He's still got some time. He's got, you know, six, seven games this year. Say, like, all bearings, not you know, things go perfect, right? He doesn't have to play as, like, the starter because that would mean Caleb either got hurt or something else happened, bad happened. But he's got, you know, 12 games next year to really right a lot of wrongs in college. And here's the kicker, too, Brady, you know, talking about just going to the draft. He's got – he's going to make – six figures, seven figures next year from an IL money, regardless of where he's at because of his social media following. So QB1 at least paid off a little bit for him. It's now hurting him because every Saturday that clip is from the 
practice is pops up every yeah, Saturday. I had never watched the documentary. Oh, you didn't? Oh, yeah, it's not good. I, I just, I'm not interested in that. I wasn't avoiding it because I didn't want to see any harsh truths. Like, again, like, quarterbacks are douchebags. Like, high-profile f- athletes are douchebags. Like, yeah. That, I was going to say, real quick, I don't Baker care. figured out the whole, if I'm a douchebag in private, people don't think I'm a douchebag. Sure. His, his, just, fi- his final year. I mean, you just, you got to understand time and place and who mm-hmm. you're, like, the, uh, you've got to be able to read the room. That's a part of being an, ad- an adult. And... You know, Spencer not being able to take some self-blame, you know, look at him, like look himself in the mirror a few times and, you know, just even saying things that aren't true to the media. Who cares? It's, don't talk about receivers dropping passes. Talk about you being the leader and I, I will help lead this team so that, that we play better next week. Mm-hmm. And you, you may not like it. I had to say something today. I don't need to get into it. I had to say something today I didn't mean. But I had to because I'm an, I'm trying to be an adult. I fail at it a lot. But <laughs> I do too. It is. What I'm it glad is. to hear you say that you didn't mean that. Whenever you scolded me earlier. Well, I'm, Matt, is that where that's what you're talking about? Right? Well, of course. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now back back to the, your corner. Um, I I would just should let's for the last few minutes let's get away from Spencer because I'm tired of talking about him. Sure. I do think Caleb Williams is in a good spot. And I think I said this before we went on, but if this was ever going to happen in on this schedule, um, Spencer Rattler getting benched and then Caleb Williams coming in and then showing that he's very good and the team responds well, this is the perfect time for it to happen because Gary Patterson basically has a quarter and a half of, I have no idea what I'm just, what I just saw. I don't know really what to scheme against because I don't know if that was lucky or if he's just the next big thing. So the one of the better defensive minds on paper in this conference has only that to, you know, scheme off of. So Caleb can kind of live off like athleticism and some just like, you know, beginner's luck, essentially, if that's what it was. He can still live off of that against TCU. And then you've got Kansas and then you got Tech and then you got the bye week. So you've got two like you get two games if you just get past TCU. You get two games to really hone your skills, really work on the things that Lincoln Rye is going to be harping on him over the next few weeks, and also to gain the confidence because Kansas isn't good, Texas Tech ain't very good. You go into the bye week, so OU should be, you know, if they're still undefeated, should be going into the game in Waco against Dave Aranda, like a legitimate great defensive mind in this conference, uh, with not just experience, but confidence and hopefully a little bit more of a fine-tuned performance. But again, OU's lost games that they shouldn't have lost every year for the last 20 years. So I say that with the most utmost respect and fear of the football gods. Yeah, let, let's start with Caleb. I, I think in the second half, and I, I said this to you guys before we came on, like there was, like Lincoln's not lying. Like there, and I may have said this earlier on the pod. Like there was, there was a lot of like really basic stuff that was missed on Saturday. But this was exactly what I said to you guys, right? The program that he's from in high school, the success that he has in high school, I, I did a profile. I talked to not everybody in his inner circle, like Carl Williams. I didn't talk to his dad. I didn't really want to. I did want to talk to Caleb, but I didn't get the chance to. But the learning curve that he has, basically, he has four weeks to be ready for Dave Aranda. And what that de- they're going to try to confuse the ever-loving out of him. Like they did – they made – Literally, the Baylor game last year, as Brady knows, I bring this up all the time, that was the game of, like, I looked at Brady and was like, 
I'm unsure about this kid. Spencer Rattler? Yeah. And and even and there were opportunities in that game that weren't Spencer's fault. No. Where um, OU could have really pulled away. Like the biggest thing is Ramondre dropping that touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Ended up being picked. Yeah, and, but there was also too many times where Spencer didn't know where guys were dropping and Drake Stoops, oh my God, Drake Stoops is open, just throw it to Drake Stoops. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Charleston's open, just throw it to Charleston. There was a lot. And so he's got a four-week time period here where the learning curve is going to be extremely tough. But he comes from a program and he's got a pedigree about him that I think he's a little more built for that. Like, again, as you say this to me, you've heard me say this all the time, like I was always a fan of what Spencer was going to be at 25 opposed to what he was at 21. And I didn't ever think that his best ball was going to be at Oklahoma. Like I thought it was going to be in the future. Caleb, on the other hand, I think he does have that kind of mental makeup. I, again, I'm not going to sit here and that he's going to do what Spencer did and know what West Virginia is in cover three. They're running it from a bunch of different looks. Lincoln's doing this to give me that to reveal it. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't expect Caleb Williams to, to, to get there. Like, that's, that's an unreasonable ask within four weeks. Yeah. But I think whenever you're talking about game four, and we were Matt and I were talking about this, you want to talk about a stretch for Caleb or an 18-year-old. He's got to go from Aranda to Heacock to Knowles to one of those three likely again in the Big 12 championship game. So he's really got four weeks. So I hope from Lincoln's perspective, because, you know, like early in the season with Spencer this year, with Jalen, with Baker early in, early in his career, as well as Kyler, like it is very simplified offensively. Yeah, And, did, did and you, I hope he doesn't do I hope he throws the kitchen sink at him is what I was going to say. Maybe this just always happens, but I was just more cognizant of it when Caleb was in the game, I mean, was there more of, did the plays take longer to be snapped? Because I just noticed a lot more meerkatting. Yeah. And, and Lincoln was like much, he was much closer to where Caleb was standing on the sideline and just like really trying to direct, like do this. No, 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 no. Look for that guy. <laughs> right. Now run the play. Right. Yeah. No, it surprisingly. And I think Gabe actually, it's Iker answered this question last week on Twitter. They just haven't really been an up-tempo team since 15. Or 16. Like, they just... 17, the clock always was down to five, six seconds. They wanted to make sure they were in the right look defensively to run the right play. 18, same way. 19, same way. And then, you know, 20 in this year. So, no, but there was... He had more control, or Lincoln did, a lot more than Spencer. I mean, he was was really kind of backing off and was letting Spencer do his thing. So, there's going to be a lot more control, a lot more plays getting in late than what people expect. (laughs) I will say... There's a funny part in the game. Caleb actually goes and checks into something on his own, and he gets the look that he wants, and it's like, yes! You know, like, I'm sitting there, well, you know me, when you've, heard, you've watched me watch tape, it's like sitting there, he's like, does it? It's like, yes! Then he gets the look that he he wants. They blitz from Marvin Mims' side. It was uh, it was actually the play that uh, he threw to, uh, went through the tipped hands and then got to Stogner. Mm-hmm. So Marvin Mims is wide open, and they blitz from that direction, right? So if they're blitzing from your direction, you're always supposed to throw. And it was like... Good job, kid. Like I was like pumped, and then I saw him not make the throw, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Like it, you know, like it is, it, it's there. You know, I talk about this all the time. Like it's already, you can see it. Like if Caleb is a, is a, a very delicate film watcher, and he understands, and he does all that, and he gets in, you know, some of the things we talk about Spencer not doing. If he does those things, like he's going to see those corrections, and they should be correctable within a week. Yeah, and they should be correctable within two weeks, and then three weeks. And then you have that bye week coming up. And then you go to Aranda. But what I was going to say is is that it was uh, – it's I, – I just see 
I, I don't really see the need for like them not to kind of take the reins back. Like Caleb needs to see himself fail as many times as possible over the next three weeks. And I mean that in a very positive way. Yeah, like fail, but not like get benched because you're awful. Absolutely, or, oh, he loses a game, but because of you. But you need, you need to have you need to have the situation not completely, uh, not handcuffed. But you, you, if you're Lincoln Riley, you can't hold his hand the entire time just because he's inexperienced and 18 years old. You need to have a lot of opportunity out there for him to showcase how good he is because that helps the team, but also to really evaluate where he is in his development. Mm-hmm. So I assume that's what you're kind of getting to. Yeah, and he's got to, like you said, I mean, Lincoln's figured TCU out. It's going to make this week probably a little more simple than what it has been in the past. Well, I mean, they, they got to go do it. And uh, then they have Kansas and Tech. So he's got two great opportunities. Maybe this week, Brady, he doesn't really open things up, and he kind of is very vanilla and lets Caleb work. But, yeah, I think that he's he's a little more built for it. I mean, and this is nothing against Pinnacle High School or Mike Giovanardo, whoever it might be. Uh, I think that's the name of Spencer Rattler's QB coach Brady, but I I don't. That's nothing against them. Caleb's just played against better competition. I mean that DCAC league up in up in Washington is one of the toughest in the country. So he's played against good competition. He's been around a lot, probably a lot better coaches. He's developed. You know he's been with his QB collective since he was thirteen or twelve, thirteen years old with Chris Bossia. So. He's got he's got a lot of things going for him that like he was chosen. <laughs> I mean, he did say he would go to walk on at OU if it was going to come to it. You know, who, we'll, whether that was true or not, that's a great way to endear yourself, Spencer. He by was the way. he was the prince that was promised, man. So I'm definitely along the lines, Brady, of like the run game. Like I've tweeted this a billion times. I mean, I always thought this offense with Caleb was going to be biblical, like way. I mean, I'm trying to think of Kyler and Jalen combined, like running wise, like and what that's going to look like, and it really excites me. But again, like at the same time, I if these next three weeks don't have some serious growing pains in them, like I don't know if Oklahoma did it right. He's going to go down to Waco, man, and it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be really, really, really tough. So as this before my mic cuts out again, it's so, it's not supposed to be easy. No, um, but. I mean, probably the biggest, probably the biggest thing, other than the obvious, like Caleb has better speed, he's a better runner, better athlete, um, can also throw it. Mm-hmm. He does Equal. have zip zip on the ball um, a lot more than I thought that he would have. I think the thing I'm most excited for is just how calm he looked. That first bobbled snap, and he just picks it up, keeps his head up casually moves away from the pressure, steps up in the pocket, and then just... It looks like an easy throw. I think Herbstreit even said this on the broadcast. Like, it looks like it's an easy throw because Marvin's kind of by himself in the corner, and it's like, okay, there he is. He still had to thread that damn thing between two defenders that were in the area, not just in the area, but they were in the area enough to be to play it or at least, like, swat it. Mm-hmm. He was so calm. He wasn't scared. He was not phased by that atmosphere. And I'll credit OU fans. Like, I already said that I gave up down 28-7. And if you claim that you didn't, you are just a very optimistic person and I envy you or you're a liar. I'm I'm a Cardinals fan, so I definitely didn't give up. But I'll credit OU fans still. Nobody left, even down 28-7. 
And I think it's probably because Texas scored so quick, damn quickly that it was just like, whoa, this can't continue, can it? Let's just let's just keep watching. Who knows? So OU fans were there. That atmosphere was electric, and he was not phased. And so that's what that's what gets me excited that this wasn't a, a flash in the pan miracle performance because he was just nothing phased him and he adapted. And the team, I mean, the team was yeah, behind and, him. And the team picked him up. Yeah, I think again that's the biggest thing for me is like. I don't think that he impacted, like, on Saturday specifically. Like, in the future, going down the road now, and teams, like you said, game plan for him, they're going to have to account for his feet. Like, I, he, the biggest thing that he did on Saturday was galvanize his teammates and endear himself to a, to a fan base that really didn't feel connected to this quarterback. And, again, that's – I sit here and say it all. I've said it this entire season. Like, it, that's on Spencer. And Caleb – quickly was able to capture that and was able to capture all that inner energy. And now, he again, he's going to get an opportunity on Saturday that he probably, in his head, thinks that he probably should have had. But in reality, he probably shouldn't have had until 10 months from now. Yeah. And so, regardless of that, no, I'm I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm more excited to see not necessarily Caleb Williams play. I'm, I'm ready to see the scheme, as you know. I'm ready to see the scheme. I'm excited for that. Um, I guess kind of related to that, though, is kind of where I want to end this one. It's it's what I kind of wrote about on the Monday post on the Patreon page. Kennedy Brooks. He's amazing, isn't he? Yeah. And, my, I mean, my question to the patrons, and once again, our patrons put out great answers, and a lot of them are kind of just how I feel is the answer. But especially after this game, you know, he – enters a club of OU running backs who rushed for over 200 against Texas, and that is now six. So I think it was Demond Parker, uh, Greg Pruitt, Adrian Peterson, Samaj P. Ryan. Did I, did I, or did I just name five? Demond, Greg, Kennedy, Samaj, A.D., Quentin. Quentin was the second. Well, Quentin was the last one. Yeah, he, so he, he enters a club of legendary OU running backs, and yet, I've been kind of one of the people that's kind of led this charge as well. I've never really thought of him as an all-time great, especially, or even a recent great. I even thought Trey Sermon was better than him mm-hmm. in 2018. Like I, I thought Trey Sermon had more special in him than what Kennedy Brooks had. And I, I, I was just completely wrong. Kennedy just, he won... I mean, Caleb, yes. Defense, yes. Everybody chipped in. Kennedy won the game. Mm-hmm. He was different. And the big thing is, is that it wasn't just – like there were times where there was a open holes on the counter game that you'll see um, on the film review. And there were times, you know, where the defense played it bad, right, where he had open lanes to run. But son of a bitch, the amount of times he got hit at the line of scrimmage and got yardage out of it, like, that was something we haven't seen from Kennedy. Usually it's like he gets to the second level, it's a one-cut-and-go, he gets separation, gets 20 yards, and the rest is fine. Yeah. But Saturday, he was, like, running over dudes. I think his most impressive run – I mean, the game winner, impressive. Don't get me wrong. Like, it, that, that's a legendary run. Yeah, that was absolute, that was absolute art from Lincoln, by the way. Yes. Was, he, they, he ran that three times on Saturday. And Bra- the same exact play. Kudos, Braden Willis. Drake, Drake, Hazelwood. Mm. I mean, his best run that day, I thought, was on OU's second drive where he broke like four or five tackles. Mm-hmm. That was 
like Kennedy's running early on, like if I, of course I didn't give up all hope because I stayed in the stadium. If anything was keeping me afloat, it was Kennedy. And that's the first time that Kennedy Brooks, like me as an OU fan, like he inspired something in me as a fan. And, you know, the question just was mainly like, why don't we think of Kennedy like that? Because now he, he's starting to get the numbers. I think I wrote that he's essentially five or 600 yards away from cracking the top 10 all-time rushing yards at OU. He's sniffing, like he's at 7.37 yards per attempt. Greg Pruitt's record is 7.4. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a kid and going on SoonerStats.com because I'm a nerd and looking at that number and thinking that will never be touched. Because this was back when AD was the running back and he was averaging like five, four, eight point eight five. I'm like, that was my context. If AD can't do it, then no one's going to be able to do that, right? Right. So, like, why don't we think of Kennedy like that? But maybe we will because he finally had like a moment for the ages. I mean, he had a game for the ages, and he had a, a a moment, like you said. But I mean, the entire game, like he missed a couple blocks, but he also had a couple key ones in pass blocking, and he was excellent, man. Like I, I said this all the time, and I, I said this like I don't care where he gets drafted next year. I don't care what anybody thinks. He's gonna go play in the NFL for like ten years. He just he just is like he's durable. He he's never hurt. Someone's gonna want to knock on wood with that one. But uh, <laughs> but he's never hurt, and he just always finds a way, man. Like he he always does, and it's it's amazing. And like a lot of people, you know, always pointed to the scheme and they pointed this, and it's just it's never been that way. It's like you also have to like he can go to any scheme and be successful. Like that's what I guess of when it comes down to it. What makes Kennedy great is that it doesn't matter if it's a zone scheme. It doesn't matter if it's counter doesn't matter if it's a power read on the outside, if it's outside zone. doesn't matter anything. I mean, he is he's good at running at anything. I think Matt had something. Yeah, no, I was just going to say uh, on the way way home today, I was listening to the coach's show, but it was it was Toby and Gabe. It was before Lincoln Riley got there. Yeah. And Toby gave a comp to Kennedy Brooks uh, for like an, like an NBA comp. Yeah. Uh, and he said Paul George because – he was smooth and not that not that athletic, but he gets the job done. Which I don't know if Toby Rollins ever watched Paul George play basketball. That dude's pretty athletic, yeah. Um, especially before that leg break. But my comp is not a player. He's the San Antonio Spurs of running backs. That's that's good. And uh, he's, recurring he's guest, not flashy. Recurring guest Peyton Guthrie might like that one. Right. He's not flashy, but he gets the job done and he's effective and he gains yards. And you look up at the end of this at the end of the game and you're like, yeah, holy, like, holy shit. I mean, our patrons, and real quick, let's just uh, let's give Matt, let's give you a chance to read some of our uh, patrons' answers right now. All right, it's time to get to some of your answers on this Monday post. Brady asked you all, why don't we view Kennedy Brooks as one of the great backs in at least recent Oklahoma history? From Michael Sanders, I think the reason is the lack of a moment or game where he was exceedingly great. Before Texas, his numbers were consistently good. He didn't have that moment like P. Ryan had against Kansas, Nixon against Tech, or Rodney Anderson against K-State and Georgia. I also think it is because he chose to sit out last year, and I think a lot of the fan base forgot how good he really was. I think if he can finish up strong, he will join the ranks of the RBs I mentioned above. From Davis Dunkelberger, 
The thing that kept KB away from being that all-time sooner running back conversation has been his boring style of play. He's good, but like Keegan said on his post-game pod, you never realize how good he is until you look at the box score. On Saturday, he showed some speed that made him look special and was exciting to watch. It helped bolster his previous profile to make him that great RB. Also, maybe taking a year off hurt his legacy more than we realize. Yeah, so basically, a lot of you guys have said that, you know, taking the year off, we kind of forgot about him. And uh, also, his boring style of play. That's basically most of, most of the answers here, and I would, I would totally agree with you. Mason Lowry. Brooks wasn't super heralded as a recruit. He's not the flashiest running back, and I'd argue he's been underused throughout his career. He emerges in 2018 partly due to injuries and puts up good numbers. In 2019, he ends up losing a lot of touches to Jalen Hurts, but is still very productive when he gets the ball. And for 2020, he opts out. So his career path has taken a bit of an unusual path. But as Brady has said in the postgame pod, the place in Sooner history is secured after Red River. I completely agree. And Mason, like even uh, in Lincoln Riley's press conference today, he said that they offered him late. Like he was, they liked his tape, but they he didn't like pop or like wow them or like wasn't super explosive. So they weren't sure, but he just gained a ton of yards. That, that was basically it. So, and, and that's always a good thing. So that has been some of your answers. Like I said, most of them were just, you know, he wasn't super heralded as a recruit. Uh, he's kind of a boring runner, not very explosive, not flashy, just gets the job done, gets a lot of yards. So back to us in the past talking about Kennedy Brooks. And yeah, so, you know, of course, like a lot of it kind of deals with the fact that Kennedy was a four star. I remember when he committed and being kind of excited for him because his, his his highlights were really cool. He, he he looked much faster than everybody else, which is like, where is he from? Mansfield? Yeah. Yeah, and Mansfield, it wasn't Man. I think it was just Mansfield. It could have been Mansfield Legacy. I'm not 100% on yeah. that. Um, so, I mean, he's not a highly touted recruit. It, you know, it, just imagine if Seth McGowan had not been a criminal and uh, had a career, you know, at OU. I mean, he wouldn't have had a lot of hype train coming into his career. You know, it had just been, hey, he was a really good back. But, you know, the hype wouldn't have been there because the recruitment wasn't there. Kennedy's running style is rather meh. Just you, know, you said the San Antonio Spurs, man, that's perfect. Um, the San Antonio Spurs, they just they fundamental you to death sometimes. Like yes, they've got guys they can they shoot the three, like classic Spurs days. They can shoot the three. They've got athletes, of course, but it was, overall it was meh. That's what I meant. I didn't mean the Spurs right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> the Spurs no. when they were winning championships. Absolutely not. Dejounte Murray, get him out of there. Yeah, like there's just not a lot of wow to Kennedy Brooks. And DeMarco Murray, who, I mean, this might be blasphemous. If Kennedy Brooks just continues on this season and I've seen this number. cracks into the top 10 rushing, OU continues to win and has a level of success that we all deem they've met the standard, which is, you know, just at least a playoff win. And Kennedy's a big part of that. I think Kennedy's probably a better running back overall than DeMarco. But we think of DeMarco as great because he was exciting and he was so versatile. Can't, and if, he was there if he gets for, a certain amount of yards, doesn't he climb over DeMarco rushing yards? I think that that's a number. I, that I didn't put too much. I didn't look at. I just want, I just looked at how many yards away is he from the top ten and is it doable? And six hundred yards with what five or six games remaining for Kennedy Brooks? Oh yeah, he'll get it. Yeah, I mean even even if Spencer Rattler was the quarterback, I mean he was starting he was starting to get it. And now that Marcus Major, we hadn't really even talked about that at all. 
Now that Marcus Major is eligible, like we still got to go through the defense on Thursday. The pitch count's gone. Oh yeah. So, um, but no, I just wanted to give more accolades to Kennedy because obviously all the news is Spencer and Caleb, Caleb for obvious, legitimate reasons. Um, but Kennedy Brooks, like no, that's that's something I'm going to remember forever. Oh yeah, and you should because, again, it it it's Oklahoma personified, right? Like they've. I mean, historically, haven't recruited the best. They haven't. They don't have. They don't always have the best players. But he's a guy that's overcoming a lot of athletic limitations within this scheme that's unique to Oklahoma. Now, I mean, you see a lot of people running what they do, obviously. But I mean, we've seen this offense for five years now. Nothing we saw on Saturday was new, really. Besides, and even the direct. Pat, the direct snap stuff. Like, they've done that in the past with Baker and Kyler. Well, look, here, I'll, I'll, I'll bring this up. Another West of Evers plug. I don't know if this is correct, but I think Grant was right because I don't remember seeing this play. But he said the last time OU ran that direct snap f- with the option of the running back to pitch it back to the quarterback was at Ohio State with, um, oh, what was his name? The oh, Abdul, Abdul Adams. that's a good memory. Yeah, so shout out Grant in your brain. That's a that's good memory. I think they've ran it more recently, but I do. Yeah, he, that that is a play with uh with uh, uh twenty uh Abdul Adams. Yeah, on the and he fumbled on that play. Yes, I believe. and that's what Grant mentioned. He was like, yeah, the last time they ran that, they fumbled it in Ohio, at Ohio State. I think they ran it this season already once, and I need to go and find it. But I also think they've ran it more. Re- I think they ran it in nineteen with Jalen and Kennedy was the runner. So, I, but they've run it from different looks, and it gets all confusing. I mean, they ran a, a you'll, you'll see it when Caleb comes in. They ran a sting concept out of a brand new look this week. So we've gotten the third different look on that same concept. So, so surprising. I just want to put the my icing on the cake with Kennedy. I just people have asked me at the NFL level, Brady, of like what I think about him, and I'm like, I don't really know like what he's gonna test. I don't know what you guys scout him, what your numbers are going to come out wise graded, but he if you draft him, he's going to be cheap labor for 10 years and he's going to take off hardly any hard, hardly any yardage on his body. Just it's cuz it would already have happened by now. He got like a gazillion carries in high school. Yeah, I mean if DeMarco was a third round pick and I mean DeMarco from a professional standpoint like the NFL he provides more, well, he can catch out of the backfield. He can do a lot more things than just run between the A and the B gap. Kennedy's a fine athlete. I'm sure if he had to run a route and catch, I'm sure he can catch the damn ball. But if DeMarco was a round three guy, then, I mean, Kennedy's going to be somewhere around there, you know, round four, round five. And, yeah, he's going to, if he's able to stay healthy, he's going to have a long career. And it's like if scouts keep asking you questions, just answer them by saying, do you like when your team doesn't fumble? Do you like when your running back gains positive yards literally every time he touches it? Yeah. If so, then he's your guy. Mm-hmm. Because he's he's great at that. Like, does he have four three speed? No. Can he cut on a dime like Eric Gray? Even no. But that's not his game, and he, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be. And that's kind of the beautiful thing because Kennedy, his sooner legacy is secure. It is, and you make moments in that game people remember forever. I was going to mention this to you before. Kennedy has only 14 more carries than Trey Sermon did 
Ready That's incredible. This? He has 600 more yards. He has 53 more carries than Joe Mixon did. He has 900 more yards. I, I hesitate to say the unfortunate thing for Joe Mixon uh, was that he played at OU <laughs> um, during Lincoln Riley's like shedding of his Texas Tech skin era. Man, they ran oh, the football. I can, I can run it. Oh, they ran snap. the football more in those years than he has the last two. Overall, is, like as is, the season wore on, yes, but I can I can still remember Houston. Oh yeah, twenty sixteen. No, no doubt. Yeah, Joe should he. They had seventeen carries between P Run and Mixon that game, something yeah. like that. No doubt. It's uh, what's really funny. I'm just kind of going up this list, man. <laughs> this is wild. Brennan Clay had three seventy nine, so he had twenty six more carries than Kennedy Brooks. Brennan Clay had. 700 less yards. <laughs> These numbers are insane. Mike Gaddis has 70 more carries, 80 or right, 70 more carries than Kennedy, and he has just 20 more yards. I mean, these numbers are it, it's bonkers what he's doing, man. Yeah, wishbone running backs, interesting just because you're, you are literally splitting carries with, for the most part, the quarterback, the fullback, and then another tailback. In a true wishbone. Mm-hmm. I think Mike Gaddis played some eye formation, though. But Yeah, 88 to 91. Oh, not yeah, 100%. He, he, not, not he, 100%. Was, he was in some eye formation teams then, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, man. Uh, Yeah, it's, he goes for 600 more. He enters the top 10. He's got to hit 1,084 to touch DeMarco. From this point on or the entire season? So what he has now. What he has now for the rest of the year. He's got a so Demarco's seventh in all time rushing yards and thirty six eighty five or whatever. He's got to get hit a thousand more. Demarco's not letting that happen. More carries for Eric Gray. <laughs> yeah. <inbound>. He's got <laughs> Kennedy's got what at least eight games left. He can't let a current player pass him. That's so Kennedy. That's he basically good. doesn't. He can't allow Kennedy to have like a hundred and fifty a game on average. Like that can't happen. Yeah. Or hundred and twenty something along those lines. Lincoln's like, hey, keep feeding him. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's get Eric. How did we, you? We just got Marcus Major back, Lincoln, and we we, we need to get him in the yeah, in there the we, game. There we go. You watch uh, Radosovich's uh, sight and sounds. I yeah, did, I actually yeah, I think it came on the old YouTube algorithm. Like just, it was just like clips. How do you like Demarco's reactions? I've never seen that side of him before to Kennedy's success. Oh yeah, he was happy. Oh yeah, I've never. I again, I I'm not gonna say I've been around. DeMarco Murray much? Not much at all? But I've never seen him be that emotional about a guy. Him and I have a connection. Do you? We don't need to get into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I got you. <laughs> it's the end of the show. How many people are actually listening? Quite a few. This is going to be a very... High, highly anticipated episode. I can tell you that. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. Based off my Twitter activity over the course of today, proud of myself. I'm not. I'm sitting here. I don't. Been better at it. I had a great day on the Twitter. What Twitter good. today? Good. Well, anything else? I uh no. I've got I've got nothing. We'll have more on the defense on Thursday, and we'll talk more about the broader issues right now yeah. heading in because too much to unpack on one Tuesday pod. Yeah, there's just so much. We didn't even get to the we didn't even get to what's his face committing today. Gabe Dindy. 
Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, we'll have to start off Thursday with that. Gabriel Dindy. Brownlow? Yeah, Gabriel Brownlow Dindy is, I think, how they said it. Gabriel Brownlow Dindy commits to Oklahoma. Now, pace that to the front. <laughs> and then just start the pot. <laughs> no, we're good. There's just so much to get. There's... Yeah. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are like us, Brady. Like, and I, I think they'll appreciate this podcast because I think there's a lot of people like not really can tell how they need to feel, kind of about what's going on within the program. And like I said, and I'll finish finish everything I have with this, Brady. There was a fucking alleged robbery in April, and I've been more confused and mind boggled over the last seventy two hours. Like this is this has been a wild year. Like you said, the. This has been the what for you the happiest, wildest, most toxic six and zero football team ever. Yeah, well, I mean, thousand percent. This team, like I've said it a zillion times already through the first five games, like this team was not fun to watch. I was happy they were undefeated. I did not have that much fun watching them, but no they doubt. all of a sudden became a very fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for the future. I don't know what this means, but I'm excited to find out. And that's where we will leave you today on Through the Keyhole. Just as a reminder, like Matt said at the top of the show, if you have not done so, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Give our Patreon page a quick gander and perhaps a follow if you so choose. Uh, Patreon.com slash Through the Keyhole. Shout out to Anytime Fitness. Shout out to Vanessa House where we will be on Thursday. Uh, thank you all so very much for listening to the show. Facebook.com slash Pod. All those things. We cannot wait until the next one. Until next time, everybody. Boomer Sooner. Texas sucks. And we'll talk to you later.